I believe it was 1966, Western classic by the title of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly came out. And Clint Eastwood stars in it, and it's one of my favorite. And as a matter of fact, I almost titled today's message with that. Because in Proverbs 24, you get to meet so many different kinds of characters in the real world. But it will be hard to explain the ugly part. So I, I will just stick to the, the real title of the today, Dealing with Difficult People and Difficult Circumstances. Once again, my side purpose is teach how to meditate on scriptures like this. It, it is a vast 34 verses. How do we meditate on that? How do we learn so that we could act upon it? This first thing that I'd like to do is go to Jesus' words and ask, is there any preliminary wisdom and perspective we ought to have in the real world. And Jesus gives us just two verses. John 16, 33, Jesus said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. One of probably the most damaging teaching, false teaching in, in Christian world could be that come to Jesus, Jesus will take care of every problem away. Your sickness and your money problem, your business problem, all the things will go away. No, Jesus said, you might have you will have tribulation. Think about that. We're going to summarize this in a bit. Another verse, Matthew 10, 16, Jesus said, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Another misconception of our Christian life is Christians are being nice, like doormen. We don't know how to think critically. And we don't know how to become truthful, strong, brave in our own lives, which is also false. So keep this in mind. If we're dealing with the real world, not a rosy garden of some kind of a cartoonish Disney world, there are four things. Number one, don't be naive and be ready to face difficulties in real life because we will have tribulation. Along with that, number two, don't lose heart. Remember that Lord Jesus had already overcome the world. Jesus is the victor. We just need to turn to the victor of our lives. Number three, be shrewd as serpents. Stay sharp and prudent. So mentally sharp and prudent, meaning that we're not to be gullible, naive. 
On the other side, that doesn't mean we become street smart and we, we become cynical people, be innocent as doves, which means uh, stay pure and holy and radically different, be a salt. So that's a pretty good perspective as we're going into it. Chapter 24, however, there's so many, so many jewels and so many good things. Sometimes we go through these proverbial sayings and we get lost in the midst of it. I wish I could show you my study sheet on this. I marked on it and I try to stay in the chapter 24 you know what emerged out of all this? But by the way, it has a lot to do with my initial quiet time a few years ago. A couple of same passage quiet time. What emerged out of this, these characters are difficult people in, in chapter 24. And there are about three or four, but I merged two into two difficult circumstances. And we're going to meet them. And meet these circumstances. There are three difficult types of people and two difficult circumstances in our study today. Here's the first one. Difficult people number one is the wicked. And each one of them, I nicknamed them for our modern feel to it. Scoffer sounds a little still to a biblical language, right? Schemers, it is a biblical language at the same time. If you're a schemer on, your, on a date, you are just con man. Try to get, get the woman to go to bed with you. Or if you're a schemer and you're a businessman, you are looking for quick ways to get results. And you will use all kinds of means, even lying and immoral means. Schemer also is the type of people who work and manipulate relationship to get what you want. Oh, we, don't, we all know these people. And on top of that, we're bothered by it. The biblical language is fret, disturbed, envy and jealous. Why? Because they're the ones who seems to be going really fast. You're cruising along and you're trying to pick up the speed, but they are successful and they get the promotion, they get the money, they get the big houses, they get luxurious cars. So let's read through it. At least, once again, you could write down those verses and to look it up later. Verse 1 to 2. Be not envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them, for their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. The similar thing is chapter at the verse 19 and 20. Fret not yourself because of evildoers, and be not envious of the wicked, for the evil man has no future. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Psalm 73, Psalm 37 speaks very similar thing. The basic key wisdom is don't look at the short, small segment of picture. 
In the big picture, they will not last long. Their success will lead them to their own doom. So therefore, don't be bothered by them. God is still in control. Don't get frustrated and get angry. Or don't try to be friends with them because you want to get fast lane too. So that's what desire to be with them as well. Verse 8 and 9 describes who they are. Whoever plans to do evil will be called a schemer. The devising of folly is sin, and the scoffer is an abomination to mankind. NIV calls the scoffer mocker. You know what it means to scoff, right? You undermine, and you just, when, 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 you know, let's say when your parents say something, and then snobbish, cynical teenager will scoff at it. <laughs> Doesn't mean a thing. <laughs> Why? In scoffer's mind, in schemer's mind, he's wise. She's wise. A few more verses. Chapter, I mean, verses 23 to 26. Partiality in judging is not good. Whoever says the wicked, you're right. You're in the right. You will be cursed by the peoples, abhorred by nations. But those who rebuke the wicked will have delight. A good blessing will come upon them. Whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips. This, this is a bit of a difficult verse, but when you think about this, is the picture of a trial. And then you are giving your witness testimony. The wicked, it might be a powerful person. And you're pressured. You could lose a job if you speak truth. That's the situation. Don't go along with wicked. Even if you get this pressure and stress that your job is on the line, your kids and your wife will be scared when you go out of job. That's the thing. After all, Giving an honest answer is like a kissing the lips. For Westerners, we kind of think about the man approaching me and kiss. Oh, no thanks, right? But think about it. When your wife kisses you on your lips, your long trip, coming back, and she kisses you. Or your husband wakes you up by gentle kiss, very gentle romantic kiss. It's like that. That's the expression, right? Another translation is a sign of good friendship. Uh, it doesn't have that feel to it. So I, I love uh, what Eugene Peterson did with his paraphrase in message translation, verse 25 to 20, 24 to 26. He puts it like the same verses. Whoever whitewashes the wicked gets a black mark 
in the history books. Isn't that good? You know, kind of think about the people who said yes to slavery system, yes to segregation of black and whites, all that, right? But whoever exposes the, exposes the wicked will be thanked and rewarded. Uh-huh. In the due time, in the midst of what's happening right now, you might get persecuted, you might get fired. An honest answer is like a warm hug. Let's uh, recap this portion. Number one, in dealing with wicked schemers, uh, I need to preface something as I write as I'm reading this. This is my meditation, reflection, and application. I took the liberty of taking the verses that I meditated so far with you and putting in an application form. In dealing with the wicked schemers, don't envy them. Don't complain about them, nor try to be friends with them in their success. Why? They'll get it sooner or later. Their success will turn into trouble. Number three, stay sharp and vigilant when you feel pressure to go along with their evil schemes. Practice truth-telling with them in prudent shrewdness. Number four, if you don't, you will get it eventually too. If you take the heat and Give an honest, truthful answer. You will reap good fruits in due time. Brothers and sisters, this is as practical, as relevant it could get. This is in our friendships, in our working relationships, with our neighbors, the telling truth, truth and giving honest answer is not blowing them off and you know just basically uh, careless. It's because it's the truth, I'm going to say it anyway. No, it's a wise, shrewd prudence. But you speak truth in bold and courage and wisdom. So much to reflect on. Number two type of difficult people is the hostile, the enemies. If I give another title for the nickname for these two people is reckless rivals in your life. They're not necessarily enemies. We don't use that word in our language. In my department, he is my enemy. You don't say that. Uh, he's just vicious. He's just rival. He just doesn't like to doesn't like to see any kind of progress that I make. Here's this rival thing. What's it with him? What's it with her? The same thing with the neighbors also too. Why is it so hard to work with this fence? 
the fence is going down. What's the big deal? Come, let's discuss this. There are dogs barking in the middle of the night. You just want to gently talk to them, and they slam the door on you. Makes you feel like your gentle motive is just you want to throw that back there at, at them, the you know bunch of darts to them. What does Proverbs twenty four says? Chap, uh, verses tw- seventeen and eighteen. Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles, lest the Lord see it. And be, be displeased. And turn away his anger from him. Isn't it true? Okay, let's pay attention. This is not, don't show your joy and celebration. Just be happy inside, but act like you're cool. Let not your heart be glad. Don't pay back. Evil for evil. Don't do the same thing. You got a finger when you're driving and you get angry. Don't give them finger. (laughs) That kind of thing. And in your heart, say, Lord, have mercy on him. Have mercy on me. I'm still struggling. Know this. It's good for you. The wisdom is good for us. It pays back in the long run. We're not losing anything. Verse 28 and 29. Be not a witness against your neighbor without cause, and do not receive, deceive with your lips. Oh, this sounds like a court case as well. Maybe they have lied about you. Maybe they backstabbed you. Maybe they gossiped about you. In verse 29, do not say... I will do to him as he has done to me. I will pay the man back for what he has done. And we all have that. Once again, our default mode is simple tongue. Our default mode of our heart is wicked naturally. Unless we cultivate it. Take the weeds out. Water. Surrender our heart to God. So, what's the wisdom in dealing with hostile enemies? Here's a recap. In dealing with hostile enemies, don't rejoice or celebrate when they fall. Number two, remember that the Lord sees your heart. And God is the one who brings justice and righteousness to you as well as to your enemies. Number three, don't pay back evil for evil to those who wronged you and hurt you. Number four, don't retaliate, rationalizing your reason for revenge. The biblical wisdom is a wise person continues 
is free man, free woman. Rather than being a victim, captured and jailed and prisoned behind the bars of our bitterness, our desire to get even. But this is really embedded in our culture, too. There's a show, TV show called Revenge, right? I haven't seen that. But in my upbringing, all these inspirational, my glory movies, is a kung fu theaters and Bruce Lee's, is 99% based on revenge theme. Your master dies, your father dies because of this evil guy. And then you are to flex your martial art skills to beat them, to pay them back. Don't do that. Let me say one more thing in light of the wisdom in family life last week. This enemy could be within our families. You know the one that you just kind of erase you don't talk to them, your brother, your sister, or your father, and your, your cousin. They don't exist in your mind. Be wise. Number three difficult type of people are the lazy. Bible calls it sluggers. But we don't say slothful and slugger. It sounds still so old language. But I like slackers. Because... Uh, Freeloaders, you know what I'm talking about. You are grouping a one group, then you're doing the project, and slackers just freeloading with you, your, all your work. He or she puts in only 1% while you're putting in 50, 60% with other teammates. Those are the people. Or it could be your husband who doesn't pick up the socks who waits until he's asked to take the trash out. Vacuum once in a while. I admit, our, our husbands, our, our church guys, are such a good, in, at least in serving in that way. I'm, I'm really impressed. Most of the guys do so much of service at home. So, some, some disagree? Huh? Verses 30 to 34. Listen to this. Here's a, such a subtle wisdom. I passed by the field of a slugger, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles, and its, its stone walls was broken down. Instead of scoffing and judging and throwing all these you know remarks what is what does a wise person do verse 30, 32 then i saw and considered it i looked and received instruction huh you get instruction by looking at lazy slackers that's the wise person here What's the wisdom he saw? A little sleep, a little slumber. 
a little folding of hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and one like an armed man. Oh, this is so good. Let's go right into the recap. In dealing with lazy slackers, observe and learn the destructive, degrading effect of laziness on their lives. Make observation. And then, number two, don't ever think that you are so far away from them in your self-righteousness. Be humble. Otherwise, you're going to separate yourself from them. It's, I will never become like Learn from the fruits of their laziness. So actually, the, what's the wisdom here? Number three, you see the danger of paralyzing effect of laziness, indolence, lethargic inertia. If you give in into that. So stay vigilant against the subtle paralyzing effect of becoming indolent in yourself. Why? The lure of becoming a lazy slacker starts with giving in to a little bit of desire for a little bit, little more comfort and easy way. So we look at something that we ought to do for our wives and for our husbands, for our children, for our work. And we say, a little sleep, little folding of hand. We might not go to sleep. Just one more click of this Facebook, one more click of this video, Netflix, You see that? How about spiritually? Same thing. I get up and then looking for the surge of this motivation and desire for the word of God. Now that you're naive. Remember, in this world you will have a tribulation. Part of tribulation is your desire might not be the air at all. Last thing you want to do is open up the word of God. And then you could do it by little folding of hand, a little more comfort is something else is calling me. So can we do this? We're meditating on this. As a wise person is the humble. The humble means the teachable, that we don't really categorize ourselves as Someone who is so wise and so diligent that we will never become like that. Let's learn from others' mistakes. Stay humble. Remember, that's the, the tactic of devil who says, issues the strategy out and say, say to those well-meaning Believers, Christ followers, tomorrow. Don't tell them not to do it. I'm going to make a decision 
to live for God. Yeah, do it tomorrow. I'm going to spend quiet time with God and solitude with God. Yes, good idea. Do it tomorrow. I'm going to go to Zhuang, people, and participate in what God is doing there to reaching in the name of Jesus. Do it tomorrow. Do it next year. Okay, now we turn to difficult circumstances. Number one, it is a st- stressful decision-making process, I, I would say. And seemingly, this is a typical situation we go through. Some of you are not feelers. You might not feel the stress, but you will get frustrated. Those are signs of stress. And you, you lose your patience. That's a sign of stress. You get angry at little things, that's a sign of stress. Or even if you deal with stressful situations really well, you sleep well, and you eat well, you exercise well, even in the midst of stress, but the decision-making process, this one is so important, crucial. That's a difficult situation. Verse, verses 3 to 7. By wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge rooms the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Verse 5. A man, a wise man is full of strength, and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war. And in abundance of counselor, there is victory. Wisdom is too high for a fool. In the gate, he doesn't open his mouth. I, I, I hope we have prudence to making observation and interpreting the text. This is not meant, that doesn't mean that go ahead, you could wage a war with someone. You just need to plan well. No, that's not it. So think about this. You want to wage a war in terms of transforming your family. Think about that kind of mentality. What was your spiritual direction statement? What has God spoken to you? The 2014 should look like the pointing finger of the Spirit of God. What's your plan? Have you talked to anyone? Have you sought counsel? Have you sought out honest feedback? Do you ask people to speak into your lives? That's the mindset here. And once again, the humble is teachable. The fool is prideful, wise in his, in his own eyes. Verse 13 to 14, my son, eat honey, for it is good. And the drippings of honeycomb are sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is such to your soul. And if you find it, there will be a future. And hope will not be cut off. Wise person is a strong 
how do you, how do you become strong? How do you become continually become solid in your sound judgment and discernment? And this is the way. Learn to savor on God's wisdom, namely Scripture. Verse 27, prepare your work outside. Get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. I think Peterson paraphrased this. Work on your field first before you build a barn. The idea is, before you execute your plan hurriedly, Make sure you pre- prepare yourself well. Once again, how do you prepare yourself well? By seeking wisdom, counsel. By turning to God's wisdom daily. And lastly, verse 21 and 22. My son, fear the Lord and the King, and do not join with those who do otherwise. Whenever you see the word Lord, I mean King or Prince, in this Old Testament, especially Proverbs, think of it as your bosses and your leaders and the people who, whom God has placed as an authority. Those are the ones. We don't have a king. Verse 22, For disaster will arise suddenly from them, and who, who knows the ruin that will come from them both. You get the meaning, right? You, you get the justice of, uh, just of the, the wisdom. In recap, let me put it this way. In dealing with a stressful decision-making process, seek wisdom and discernment and gain your strength from God's wisdom. Number two, seeking wisdom requires you to ask for, to seek feedback and counsel from wise, godly people around you. Stay humble and hungry for wisdom and counsel. Number three, prepare yourself before carrying out your plan hastily by savoring on sweet wisdom. And that's how you gain wise strength. Fourth and last, in so doing, be sure to fear the Lord and submit to authorities whom the God placed and don't assume and underestimate their place in your life. There is a reason why I didn't put 21 and 20, verses 21 and 22 on a separate category. If I could, I could have another difficult people category as authorities. But, you know, fear the Lord is mingled. God is never difficult person so I, I decide not to do it but having said that I'm going to say this that doesn't mean your boss is a, such a nice guy and you need to get your act straight and etiquette change your boss could be a horrible guy horrible woman a wicked schemer but the wisdom is don't participate in bad-mouthing your boss behind him. 
submit willingly, humbly to their authority. That's the wisdom. And lastly, difficult circumstances number two is adversity or trials, calamities. Just difficult hardships in our lives. Verses 10 to 12. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Rescue those who are being taken away to death. Hold back those who are stumbling to the slaughter. And if you say, behold, we did not know this. Does not he who weighs the the heart perceive it? Does not he who keeps watch over your soul know it? And will he not repay man according to his work? There's a like um, ironical wisdom here. Should I say even paradoxical wisdom? Verse starts with, "If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small." Okay, I want to be strong. Tell me how I could work on myself. But actually, it's followed by rescue the people around you. If you're in a dire situation, calamities and adversity, crisis happening in your life, do not fail to rescue people around you. Hmm. You know why? Because the wisdom is rooted in righteousness. It doesn't need for us to take care of our own problem as we have seen in Samaritan helping the the victim who got just robbed. And this means so much to us. Because as our church look, looks outward and, and determined to love our neighbor as a direction of the Holy Spirit this year, listen to me for, for those of you who are just barely making it each day. The command and wisdom is look to the people around you who are worse than you, who are in crisis. Once again, little parenthetical remark because of our emotional health. A lot of times the people who are abandoning their post and become a messiah, a messianic complex, so enabling people, they, I shouldn't say enabling people, enable tendencies we have. That's not the wisdom here. We're not talking about that. Don't try to seek your significance and meaning of life by helping others. No, it's all about yourself. This is purely loving others. When you're not doing well, that you're, you have a strength, and your strength is more than you think because Christ made you more than a conqueror. So help those people who are in need. And maybe this is not the literal case of people are dragged to the to the execution of death but the people one case 
we're going to actually gather in Adrian's house and hear about human trafficking. Trafficking. And our church is very new about learning about all this. This is our business. Because Christ loves them. They matter to God. What about spiritually speaking? Ben spoke so passionately about the East Asia and the people in East Asia. We are not to say uh, we're too busy and I'm, I'm barely surviving. No, they do not have a chance, opportunity to even hear the name of Jesus. They know Rudolph. They know uh, Santa Claus. And they know all these trees and symbols of Christmas. But they don't know anything about Jesus. We are to go. Third category. We see people who are destroying themselves. By their own bad habits or just sinful ways. As a loving friend and loving humbly, we should reach out, grab their hand, and save them. Initially, you might not be received well. That's what we ought to do. Verses 15 and 16. Lie not in wait as a wicked man against the the dwelling of the righteousness. Do no violence to his home. Now this is the favorite verse of 24. Verse 16. The righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. People make you fall and they trap you But if you are wise, if you are righteous in in God's sight, you will get strength to get up. We ought to get up. Rise again seven times. Another way of looking at it is, you failed miserably by your own mistake and your stupidity and your, your sinful ways. But you could get up seven times. Dakwa and I had a breakfast yesterday and we talked about this and the Christian life not being building a sand castle but one of those objects that are heavy on the bottom then you push them the marker or sometimes it's a shape of you know doll a person it comes right back up and the reality is we're going to make mistakes and we're going to fall we're going to actually push it down. But it doesn't mean that our sand castle is destroyed. We're, we have no hope. We're doomed. No, we could come right back up in Jesus' name. In the hope of coming kingdom of God. So in dealing with an adversity or trial, remember that your inner strength is being tested and your faith is being stretched. Number two, amidst a fiery adversity, rescue those who are being led to death. 
by evil people or by their own foolish, foolishness. Number three, don't give lame excuses in failing to help others in crisis. God sees through everything and you won't get, you won't get off the hook for being self-absorbed. Number four, find strength in God and God's wisdom to get up again, even, even if your adversity or yourself makes you fall seven times. Isn't that good? I need to stop. I want to go on, but you know, I promised that I would not go too, too far with this. Would you take these wisdom and chew on it? Continue to on it, you get some juice out of it for your soul. Or should we say, sweet honey comes out of it. May the Lord give us strength. May the Lord make us those righteous people, men and women of God, who gets up seven times in real life and real world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this wisdom you provide for us. And our prayer this morning is that you will keep reminding us these words of wisdom, that we will cling to them, that we'll savor on the sweetness of your word and your wisdom, and keep us light and salt in this dark, decaying world. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen.